One of the great things about money is it, it buys a lot of things, one of which is the luxury to, to disregard what baseball likes, doesn't like, what baseball thinks, doesn't think. <laughs> For $41 million, you built a playoff team. You lost Damon, Giambi, Isringhausen, Pena, and you won more games without them than you did with them. You won the exact same number of games that the Yankees won, but the Yankees spent $1.4 million per win, and you paid 260000 I know you're taking it in the teeth out there, but the first guy through the wall, he always gets bloody. Always. This is threatening, not just a way of doing business, but, it's, but in their minds it's threatening the game, but it's really what it's threatening is their livelihood. It's threatening their jobs. It's threatening the way that they do things. And every time that happens, whether it's a government or a way of doing business or whatever it is, the people who are holding the reins, they have their hands on the switch, they go crazy. This is Ed Hoffman, and welcome to the main event. Hey, open up with that clip from uh, Moneyball from, uh, I don't know, four or five years ago about the uh, Oakland Athletics and how uh, Billy Bean and his uh, Moneyball uh, plan uh, basically turned turned the whole uh, baseball, uh, the baseball equation inside out. And I like that part where he says, whether it's you or the government or business or whatever, you know, it's threatening. It's threatening everybody else's else's uh, way of life. And you know what? That's exactly what we're seeing with Trump. With Trump going on right now, he came into the uh, to the government and as a businessman, and he's making common sense decisions. And everybody's up in arms. Oh my God! What's happening? What's happening? He's gonna change. He's gonna he's gonna kill the money tree that we've got here. And you know what? I'm happy. I'm very happy. You know what? Whenever, like, uh, like we've said many times before, hey, you know what? Whenever you, when life isn't going good, just say, hey, Trump is president. Trump is president. Okay, it's all, it's all gonna be good. Okay, and then I used, uh, I used that uh, Barracuda song because, uh, you know, we're gonna talk about Sarah Sanders in the second half, and I just think she's a Barracuda. She's, she's killer. So anyway, uh, we're gonna talk about all kinds of stuff duh, that's going on this in this. Uh, Country stuff that you knew about, and some stuff that you didn't know about. But but first, before I go on, go on, let me introduce myself. My name is Ed Hoffman, President Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender, located here in Southern California. Offices all over the place. If you're interested in getting involved with any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate, you need financing. And if you hear someone that sounds like uh, they think like you on this radio station, call me toll free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One more time, day or night, toll free, area code 855-640-2020. If you want to get in touch with me, but you don't want to talk on the phone because you don't want me to hear your voice or you don't want someone at work to know that you're uh, supposed to be working, but you're, you're finding out about financing your house. Uh, go to WCCLoans.com. That's www.WCCLoans.com. Uh, click on uh, looking for a loan and uh, apply now and give me as much information as you want. Tell me how much information you want back and you'll hear back from uh, myself or one of my talented teammates, Eric Marquez, Alex Rojas, Cody Bradbury, or Aaron Fredericks, and we will help you find the missing pieces to your real estate financing puzzle. 
Uh, if you want to follow, if you hear if you hear something on the hear something on the radio that you want repeated, you can get the podcast by going to edhoffman.net, E-D-H-O-F-F-M-A-N.net, and uh, click on the podcast page. You can hear this week's show as well as several past shows, and uh, you can also get the podcast on uh, uh, SoundCloud or iTunes, where you can uh, go on there and put it on your app on your. Uh, on your phone or your computer or your uh, iPod, your iPad, your mini pad, your maxi pad, anywhere you're uh, listening to uh, podcasts on, and you can uh, and you can uh, have it download for free and listen to it on demand whenever you want. Um, if you want to follow follow me social media, uh, follow me on Twitter at Ed Hoffman, where I tweet about current events all week long. Uh, apparently, I don't know if any of you guys are getting my tweets, and you'll understand what I what I say by that. Uh, in a in a couple of minutes here, and uh, the the show on Facebook, like it, uh, facebook.com slash the main event Ed Hoffman, and lastly, the listener hotline. If you want to leave some comments on the show, go to eight five five six four zero twenty ninety two eight five five six four zero twenty ninety two. That's a recording where you can record your message. Tell me uh, what you like. Tell me what you don't like about the show. Give me your opinion, and uh, we might just play you on the radio. Uh, so anyway, uh, also uh, with me in the studio, as is about uh, I don't know every other week, every week, whenever uh, whenever uh, Scott and I feel like uh, doing this show together, uh, Mr. Scott McPhee, proprietor of Don's Bikes, you know, one of the top 100 bike shops in the country. Scotty, welcome back. Ed, it's always great to be back in the house. So, uh, so one of the issues that people are concerned about that everybody seems to be talking about uh, is uh, is the censoring of conservative me- conservatives on social media. So here to talk about that is conservative blogger who writes under the name of the conservative girl on Mad World News, Jody Swan. Welcome to the show. Hello, hi. Thanks for having me on. For people that don't know, because you know we got a lot of we have a lot of uh, conservative people, and some of them are you know older than thirty or forty, and uh, so they may not surf the surf the web as much. So, but you guys, you're doing blogging, so obviously you're influencing some millennials because uh, they surf the web and catch. Tell us about yourself. Sure. So I grew up right here in Southern California. Uh, in Huntington Beach, actually. Um, I was really fortunate to grow up in that community. At least at that time, it was probably the most conservative of the beach communities. And I was also really fortunate to go to school there. You know, it's probably one of the best public school systems that you could hope to send your kids to in Orange County. So um, I grew up right here. I had a real conservative upbringing. And then I graduated high school and was just going about my early 20s, and all of a sudden, I realized that literally everyone I graduated high school with was a socialist, (laughs) and it was this, like, scary, you know, kind of, it was very scary, and I, not something that I expected, because my reality was a conservative upbringing, and so the indoctrination that goes down in public schools didn't really work on me. Uh, but it certainly did on them. And um, I can tell you, I don't even know anyone that I went to school with. And now that we have Facebook, you can pretty much tell the political leanings of everyone you've ever known. And I can't even think of one who isn't either radically liberal or a total socialist. And I mean, they're pretty much the same thing now. So um, that was that was a shocker for me. And it, it's what inspired me to get into this line of work. So tell us kind of what you do. I mean, what what is some of the work that you've been involved with over the last several years? Sure. So I got my start um, 
just blogging, blogging for little conservative websites. And back in the day when I got my start, you could be super successful at it. And these websites were getting just loads of traffic because we didn't have the issues with the Facebook algorithm that we do now. So, you know, for anybody who's listening that isn't really well-versed in this, Facebook has an algorithm that they constantly change that um, dictates what you get to see on social media. So that algorithm is the reason that, you know, a million posts show up from people who you haven't talked to in five years that you don't really want to see. Facebook is now choosing what you get to see. So, But it wasn't that way in the beginning. If you had a Facebook page with 1.5 million followers, when you posted something, whether it was a meme or an article or just a couple sentences, all of your followers saw that, uh, 1.5 million. So what you had is all of these little pages, well, not really little when you have millions of followers, but they realized that they could be a huge influence, and there's, there's tons of them. So when you added that all together, it culminated in a huge voice for conservatives. So over the years, I've just worked with lots of different social media pages and websites, conservative websites, to sort of get that message out there. And now is the time when they've, they've figured out, now that we got Trump elected, the powers that be, Mark Zuckerberg and all those executives, have figured out how dangerous we are to their agenda. So now we're running into the issues. Okay, and when you talk about like 1.5 million, you know, millions of followers on some of these pages, basically that enables them to monetize these pages and these sites. Is that correct? That's correct. So at first, you had the, it was really easy to build a social media page just about anything that you liked. So you could have a page named I Hate Nancy Pelosi, and all the people that hate Nancy Pelosi would like the page, or, you know, uh, California Republicans, whatever you wanted to call it. And because social media was in, or Facebook rather, was in the, the toddler stages at that time, you know, you could get so many followers so fast. And what you ended up with is these page owners that had hundreds of thousands or sometimes millions of followers and wanted to monetize it. Of course, we're conservatives, we're capitalists, we saw a business opportunity. And all you had to do was start a website and post articles to your Facebook page. People would click on them and then, you know, you get paid in ad dollars. So it was an incredibly lucrative business opportunity as well as a, a great opportunity to get the word out, of, you know, about the values that we believe in. Okay, yeah, and of course, it's not it's not enough that the left owns, you know, academia. It's not enough that they own the media. <laughs> it's not enough that they own Hollywood. They also own tech, including Facebook, as I call it, fake book. They also own yes. Twitter. Uh, they also own YouTube, which is, of course, is part of Google. So they own all of the major, you know, tech, uh, the, all social media platforms, basically. So bottom line is you're, you're doing, you're managing content for a lot of these sites. These sites are making a fair amount of money. And then all of a sudden, about how long ago, what, like, what does this happen immediately? Or is this slowly over time? At what point do you notice things are starting to go south? Well, you know what? Let, let, let me ask um, you, let me oh, ask you something. When you've got, when you've got sure. a page with a, with a million and a half followers, does Facebook sell ads on your page because Facebook is free or just, or do you just sell ads on your page? 
So at this point in time, and especially like one to two years back, these pages that had grown and that were making lots of money with their websites started buying Facebook ads to get more followers because the more followers you have, the more traffic to your website. And once Facebook made it harder to get followers, these pages had to pay for them. So, you know, they're buying Facebook ads so that their page pops up in your feed and then they gain followers. So you have page owners and website owners who have literally spent hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not millions, on Facebook ads to get those followers, which makes the, you know, the censoring of us a, a huge kick in the teeth because, you know, they were promised that they would get these followers, which equals traffic to them. Well, it sounds, sounds, like sounds, like sounds like a, a violation of a contract. It sure does. Yeah. I mean, it, it needs to be a class action lawsuit. I mean, if you knew what these pages spent on advertising to get followers, you'd be sick. <laughs> yeah, somebody, somebody, we need a, we need a, a really uh, badass lawyer that's going to come in and and uh, and get behind it that wants to do the work. Yeah, it's, um, you know, I, it's hard to find someone that that will do it, and this has happened to lots of people, but and and some people have tried to find someone that will would take on a class action lawsuit, but it's also hard to find pages that would be involved in it because a lot of people are worried that they'll be further censored and they'll be punished for something like that. Right, Facebook is such like this powerful, you know, billion dollar monster that nobody wants to really take them head on. I mean, and understandably so. Um, mm -hmm. Coming back to though, again, things are going well, and all of a sudden things start dropping. Well, like when do you notice this starting to happen? When things start going downhill? It definitely started when Trump was elected. Okay. You know, the left um, was completely blindsided by that, even though it was their own fault. I mean, they waged a pitiful social media campaign with Hillary. And Trump, on the other hand, was just a boss. And then he won, even though everyone in the mainstream media said he wouldn't. And so they decided they needed to do something, because what if he wins again, right? So we started to notice a drop, a, a systematic drop in traffic around the time that Trump was elected. And coincidentally, around the same time, Facebook started pressuring our websites to switch to what is called instant articles. And that was basically them forcing us to use them as the host so that we could have as much traffic as was still possible because they were giving favoritism to the instant articles. So in my opinion, the reason they did that is because they knew they were going to start pulling traffic slowly from us over the course of, you know, the last 18 months. And they knew that we weren't going to be investing hundreds of thousands of dollars anymore because we financially aren't able to in the Facebook ads. So what they did is they switched to instant articles so that they could make up some of the revenue that way. Um, that's, that's my thought on it. Um, so anyways, it started when Trump was elected. The last time we had a decent month, was last September. So it's been at least a year now of lots of websites going out of business. My The the website that I work with exclusively right now, Bad is one of only a handful that is able to keep their head above water. 
And that's just because of some smart business decisions that were made. Yeah, you, you, cut, really you cut well. out when you said that the the website you talked about was Mad World News. So your yes. your connection went down. So the listeners want to make sure listeners were able to know the website you're talking about. Yes. So uh, we're Mad World News, madworldnews.com. You can find us on Facebook at Mad World News. Um, and we're one of the few conservative websites that has been able to stay in business. I mean, we're talking about, I mean, we're getting sometimes only like 10% of the traffic that we once did. So imagine, you know, you guys are both business owners. Imagine that all of a sudden for an entire year, your revenue was cut by 90%. Oh, I'm in the you mortgage know, business. I have a, I'm, I completely understand that. Yeah. We had this so thing called Dodd-Frank that basically did that. Yes, yes. Um, so Facebook is really cutting us at the knees by taking the traffic away. And it's really been proven now that they haven't done the same thing to liberal websites, liberal pages. I mean, they came out and they said, we're doing this because we want people to see, you know, messages from friends and family in their feed, not, not all this political stuff. Well, then why, why wasn't traffic cut for CNN? Why wasn't traffic cut for Huffington Post and Vice? and all of these left-leaning, you know, um, yeah, it's, organizations. Yeah, it's amazing. And, it, seems like, it seems like the only, when I look at social media, it's, it's, it's amazing to me that people can look at the same thing I see and see something completely different. And, and I realize that the young people, the leaders of tomorrow, the, <laughs> you know, the, the younger people, they don't take the time to actually listen to a whole speech. They listen to the little snippets that are put out on social media and the little little things. And, and then they say, oh, yeah, I know about this. I, you know, Trump was this and Trump was that. And, you know, the, it's they're completely influencing influencing our younger people because they don't, they don't learn that stuff in school. They don't, you know, they're not watching the news. Uh, you know, they just, this is the influence they have. And this will be the end of, end of America as we know it. If we can't, if we no, can't it, influence them. No, it absolutely them. will be. And I don't think people realize how bad it is. And it's not their fault. I mean, this is what I do 40 hours a week. So I know how bad it is. I understand that most people might not. But let me tell you, we might as well be living in North Korea if one person, Mark Zuckerberg or whoever, is going to dictate what we're allowed to see and what we're allowed to know. I mean, it's it's that scary. It's gotten to that level. We are headed to that place if something isn't done. Well, you know, and Zuckerberg, of course, testified in front of Congress recently. And by the way, is it just me or does he seem like an android? Like I think, <laughs> and I don't mean to be a conspiracy person, but I think the real Mark Zuckerberg is dead and he's been replaced with this robot-like <laughs> thing that actually testifies in front of Congress. Because I don't see, there's some very uh, strange things, uh, something weird's going on with Mark Zuckerberg. Um, but uh, but since since his testimony, since he was called out, if you want to even call that, I don't even know if he was effectively called out. I mean, it seems like most of those senators don't even know how to use an electric can opener, let, let alone a computer. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was just like, it was yeah. pretty weak and lame. But did anything, what did you get out of that testimony in front of Congress? Did anything come out of that? Anything positive? Or what was your take on that testimony? You know, for me, it was sort of like every other time somebody gets called before Congress. For a couple of days, we see videos about Trey Gowdy taking them on and, you know, doing something awesome, and then nothing comes of it. There's no repercussions. Um, and there haven't been. There haven't been any repercussions. I mean, it's time 
for the lawmakers to step in and do their job. But like I said, I think many people may not realize how dire of a situation this is. But just look at like um, the the Trump losing like 45 percent of the traffic to his Facebook page. But then you have people like Elizabeth Warren who aren't losing any. And it's like, nobody likes Elizabeth Warren. You mean all, like, you mean all five of her subscribers are still there? <laughs> yeah, all five of them are still there. Wow. Yeah, it's the craziest thing, yeah. Yeah, right. we, need to, so, we need to figure out a, a, a solution to this. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's yeah. not likely someone's going to just come up with a, another uh, uh, algorithm and a new and a new website that, that uh is that copies facebook and it'll have that many followers because it'll take years for it to years for people to start migrating hey uh, let me let me ask you this uh you recently wrote an article on mad world news about the discovery that was made at uma abedin and <laughs> anthony we- mrs weiner uh uma, uma <laughs> abedin and anthony weiner's new york home and it was censored by facebook tell us about that sure so uh, the article was about a dead body that was found uh, in the apartment complex where Huma and Anthony own a home. And that's what still, it was, that does was anybody what it was still about. live there? Does either one of them still <laughs> um, live there? And, and so Anthony Weiner is in prison he, for sexting the 15-year-old. Yeah, he's living in San and, Quentin, I believe. But go ahead. Uh, yeah, you brought him to California? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> He's supposed to be released uh, August of next year. So mark it on your calendars, people. Lock up your daughters. Wow, got to be a year um, to go. Awesome. We, yeah, we're safe for another year. Okay. So, and and I believe Huma has moved out as well because actually when Anthony went to prison, she put the house or the apartment up for rent. It was up for rent for like almost $12,000. Okay. So again, like this is a very luxury, posh, apartment complex it's not a place where one of the owners of these luxury apartments just you know ends up in a dumpster okay we're not talking about compton or some sketchy area so um some of the neighbors had said that when the police came they just figured they were there because of you know something was going on with um huma or anthony because every other time that the police had showed up at the apartment complex it was because of them right they're like either investigating computers or he's you know, doing something nefarious with a 15-year-old. So, you know, the article didn't make any claims that weren't true and listed other sources like the Daily Mail and and local sources in New York, I think. Um, And for some reason, Facebook uh, didn't want to let people open or share my article. Now, of course, if you tried to open or share that information from the Daily Mail or the local news, it would have been just fine. And so... You know, we, we basically have proof that they're they're taking these conservative sources and they're silencing them. So if you had tried to click on that article or to share it, you would get an error message that said um, it was false. It was fake news uh, based on PolitiFact. For some reason, PolitiFact has been crowned. Um, the they, they get to decide who is fake news now, which is. Um, ironic because they're very left leaning. They're you know they're they're worse than Snopes. So yeah, you, um, I don't know. Who, yeah, you you wrote you wrote it will certainly be interesting to see what they come up with in order to explain away what appears to be a murder at the apartment building where Uma Abedin and Anthony Weiner own a home. Will they call it robbery like Seth Rich? Perhaps the better question to this is what did this woman know about Hillary Clinton? 
Sounds, so it sounds like sounds like you're a, a believer in the Clinton casualty uh, theory like I am. Yeah, well, I'm not really big on coincidences, you know. And, like, I, personally, I don't really have a string of deaths connected to me, like mysterious people dying in house fires that I know, uh, you know, things like that. So I, I, I just think it's too much of a coincidence that all of these people who can be connected to Hillary Clinton keep ending up dead. Yeah, it's, a, it's amazing. It's amazing to me, too. Hey, uh, Jody, we're out of time for uh, for this half of the main event. Hey, uh, we, how do how do people follow you? They go to Mad World News on Facebook or is it a website or... Yeah, they can uh, check us out on Facebook or go to madgoldnews.com. You can find me on Facebook at That Conservative Girl. Good, and we will have you back on the show again because this was really interesting. I'm sorry we ran out of time. Jody, thanks for joining us on the main event. Thank you so much for having me. Welcome back to part two of the main event. My name is Ed Hoffman, president of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender. I don't talk a lot about real estate and financing on the radio typically because uh, I think it gets boring after a while for you guys that aren't actually in the market. So we talk about things that you are interested in. So when you are in the market, you'll know who to call. If you hear somebody that sounds like they think like you and you need some real estate financing, if you need uh, to refinance a property you have, or if you want to buy a new property that you don't own yet, or if you need to uh, learn more about that reverse mortgage thing, if you're over 62, that is really an awesome, awesome product. And, I, and the more I talk to you guys, the more I go, well, you know, I really don't know anything about it. What is it about? Maybe I'll do a whole show on, on that one day, so you guys can know that. But I'll uh, I'll warn you ahead of time. So, uh, but if you need if you need to get in touch with uh, some uh, some some logically thinking common sense person to guide you towards what's best for you, call me toll free at eight five five six four zero twenty twenty. That's eight five five six four zero twenty twenty. Hey, so uh, and one more time, don't forget the main event listener hotline where you can leave me a voicemail and tell me what you think. You know, every week it's hey, you know what. Everybody's entitled to their opinion, and I think you're all entitled to mine. This time, I want to hear yours. So if uh, you hear something on the show that inspires you to say, hey, good job, or hey, what the hell are you thinking, leave me a message at 855-640-2092. That's 855-640-2092. And I just might play your message on the show like this one. Hi, Ed. This is Mary from San Jacinto. I appreciate and agree with yours and Scott's comments and I want to uh, I have two points first I want to agree with what Scott said last last week that uh, whatever Sarah Sanders gets paid it sure isn't enough the way the anarchists treat her is disgraceful and my second point is that the left wants to destroy this country I'm convinced of it or as Obama used to say to fundamentally transform this country. That's a scary thought. Well, God bless Trump. Thank you. Bye. Well, thanks, Mary, for uh, for agreeing with us. And uh, yeah, that is a scary thought, fundamentally transforming our country. And happily, we got Trump into the only one that probably is bold enough and uh, bold enough and tough enough to actually just flip everything 180 degrees. Hey, if you're just joining us and you haven't listened to the first half, 
Go back and listen to it. It was really good. Uh, but uh, in the studio with me is Scott McAfee, owner of uh, Don's Bikes in Rialto and Redlands. Uh, so you know who the other voice is, Scotty? Yo, Ed. Here we go with part two again. Let's do it. Hey, so while, uh, while Mary brought up Sarah Sanders, and since we played the Barracuda song, let's, let's talk about the Barracuda. Uh, Sarah Sanders, uh, you know what? Like uh, Scott said last week, you know, whatever whatever she gets paid, it's not enough. She's awesome. Thursday, Thursday uh, the White House press secretary shot down a question from CNN's Jim Acosta a reporter who seems to think he think of himself as a soldier in the Trump's war on the media. He's going to stop Trump. So Acosta tried to get Sanders to agree with Ivanka Trump, who I think is just a little bit less conservative than her dad. But, uh, you know, it's, it's you know, our kids, uh, our kids pick up from us what they pick up. And apparently Trump uh, spent more time on his business than he did, uh, you know, uh, instituting that conservative part to his daughter um but uh you know she's uh she seems to think that the the media is not as her dad thinks the enemy of the american people i I think it would be a good thing if you were to say right here uh at this briefing that the press the people who are gathered in this room right now uh, doing their jobs every day asking questions of officials like the ones you brought forward earlier are not the enemy of the people I, i i think we we deserve that. I think the president has made his position known. I also think it's ironic. I'm I'm trying to answer your question. I I politely waited and I even called on you despite the fact that you interrupted me while calling on your colleague. I said it's ironic. Which is why I interrupted. I'm trying. But if you you finish, if you would not mind letting me have a follow-up, that would be fine. It's ironic. Jim, uh, that not only you and the media attack the president for his rhetoric uh, when they frequently lower the level of conversation in this country. Repeatedly, repeatedly, the media resorts to personal attacks without any content other than to incite anger. Uh, The media has attacked me personally on a number of occasions, including your own network, said I should be harassed as a life sentence, that I should be choked. ICE officials are not welcomed in their place of worship and personal information is shared on the internet. When I was hosting by the Correspondents Association, of which almost all of you are members of. You brought a comedian up to attack my appearance and call me a traitor to my own gender. In fact, as I know, um, I'm as far as I know, I'm the first press secretary in the history of the United States that's required Secret Service protection. The media continues to ratchet up the verbal assault against the president and everyone in this administration. And certainly we have a role to play, but the media has a role to play for the discourse in this country as well. Yeah, I, th- I think she, uh, she, uh, she, she been, t- she just told him. She told him. That's the real Wonder Woman, by the way. I think she's absolutely amazing, and it also underscores the situation in the country right now, where again a press secretary needs security detail because uh, she fears for her safety. It, it definitely almost goes without saying that if you want to serve in the Trump administration, this is a major life sacrifice. You could be putting your own life on the line. Yeah, and if you, uh, if you think about what's going on here. Think about what's going on here, and if uh, since this weekend uh, Dinesh D'Souza's movie uh, "Death of a Nation" comes out, I saw it on Monday at the premiere. Um, Did you like it? I, th- I loved it. You okay. know, Dinesh D'Souza is is so has such a way of of uh, of laying out laying out reality to where, and I'm and I'm sure a bunch of Democrats aren't going to go watch it, but they need to. They need to figure a way to put this in the schools. Uh, to indoctrinate our our high school kids so that they see some they see some of the uh, some of reality. But you know what? What we're seeing now 
is very he he puts a, kind of a kind of a parallel to what uh, Abraham Lincoln went through when he was elected, and our country was split literally, and we were in civil war, and that's kind of where we're going. It does seem we are in kind of a like a culture war for sure. Uh, it has gotten violent in some instances, and obviously we see uh, examples of conservatives that can't speak on college campuses for fear of their safety. Um, you know, we just talked about the uh, the tech companies, uh, YouTube and Facebook and Twitter clamping down on conservatives, uh, and they're, and they're calling us the fascists, right? It exactly. was kind of it was kind of amusing. I know uh, Jim Acosta apparently had complained that he was at a uh, at a Trump rally and he couldn't do his broadcast because the crowds kept shouting CNN sucks. Uh, I got news for you, Jim. CNN sucks. They do. So does a uh, PMS NBC. And uh, most of the broadcast, most of the broadcast, um, yeah. If you if you listen to CBS, NBC, ABC these days, um, it's ugly. It's ugly, and even I think even Fox, Fox local here in Southern California is is rather uh, rather liberal as well. And uh, and I just don't I just don't see it. Hey, where's the common sense here? You know, what are you thinking? What are you thinking? Especially you know, like on immigration. Why are you guys so so th- sympathetic to people that shouldn't be here? And uh, you know, my wife saw something on uh, on TV the other day where uh, apparently you go into DMV and you know in California you can get a driver's license. You don't have to be a uh, you could be an illegal alien. And then we want them to have driver's licenses so they can get car insurance. So when illegal aliens are here driving their their cars and they ram into you, at least they have insurance. And say, well, hey, I didn't have a driver's license. I couldn't buy insurance. No, you're going to be required to do that. But they're encouraged. That's where you register to vote now. You don't go in and fill out a card at the uh, at the uh, post office like it once was. Um, you register at DMV. And apparently, someone was getting a driver's license. They say, hey, uh, fill this out or check this box to register to vote. Well, I'm not a citizen. Well, that's all right. Do it anyway. You know what? They're trying to make it. They're trying to make it uh, easier to cheat in these elections, and it's you know what? What are you guys thinking? Well, it's funny because they. You're right. They. The, the interesting thing that I see is that yes, they want the votes, Ed. That's the reason why they want them pouring into the country. But at the same time, they don't want to be living around that. They're not going to be. They're not going to want to live in neighborhoods and cities and communities that have been absolutely overrun with legal immigrants. I operate a business in one, so I know it firsthand. They don't want to be around it. They'll move out of the area or whatever, as long as they don't have to deal with it personally. But they like the idea. I don't know if they think it's some kind of fake compassion or is it just that they want the votes? My guess is it's probably the latter. Yeah, I think about uh, all the all the different things out there to split California into uh, into three or into two. Did that make it on the ballot? No, and and it's it's like it's like yeah, we have one stupid state. What do you get? You want four? Yeah, you exactly. Know? I mean, they they yeah, have they have an ulterior motive. I'd like to think that hey, you know what? If they split it into three states, that South California would be conservative. But you know what? No, I see. Depending on what happens in November, a lot of people leaving the state. And we're going to see, we're going to see some problems. Well, yeah. And I was going to say too, if you divided this state up into two or three or four, all you'd have instead of two stupid senators, you'd have four or six or eight, right? That's the last thing we need. Yep. And the only, only way this is going to turn around is if we, if we keep talking and stop being so, so, uh, wussied out to, uh, I can't, I don't want to talk politics. It just starts fights. Guess what? 
if stupid people don't have smart people talk to them about how things are, how are they ever going to get smart? They're going to get uh, on social media and learn stuff from there. That's where I learned my stuff on Facebook. Yep. Oh, yeah. Well, we just heard how the, how that's going. So let's talk about stuff that's going on this week. President Trump reiterated on Monday his threat to shut down the federal government this fall if Congress doesn't deliver on the Republican demands to enforce border security and fund the wall, which I think is a is critical. He needs to do that. Although Congress is about to leave for its annual August recess, it will reconvene in, reconvene in September and the deadline to fund the government will be right around the corner at the end of September, September 30th, which for those of you paying attention happens to be two days after my birthday. So remember, send the send the gifts on the 28th, not on the 30th. Uh, during the news conference with Italian Prime Minister on Monday, the president was asked whether he would consider shutdown despite the midterm election season and the battle to confirm Judge Kavanaugh to the Supreme Court. If we don't get border security after many, many years of talk within the United States, I would have no problem doing a shutdown. It's time we had proper border security. We're the laughing stock of the world. We have the worst immigration laws anywhere in the world. Yep, I agree. I agree. It's uh, uh, I don't think a government shutdown is that terrible. And I think he needs to stand his ground. I think his conservative base wants him to hold the hard ground and he wants then we want our conservative uh senators and congressmen to do the same and and not bend on this and hey let's all get together and support this president so we can change our country the way it needs to be well and this is probably the only way to get it done because let's face it there's a lot of resistance to the wall from people on the right right from republican conservatives republican so-called conservatives senators and congress people that just don't want this to happen for whatever weird reason uh three words ed shut it down there's virtually no evidence that shutting down the government has had any negative impact on the republican party or the country itself for that matter to me it's not a big deal and if that's the only bit of leverage that we have to actually get this done it needs to get done the majority of people in this country want a freaking wall it's time to build the wall and this is probably going to be the only way it's going to get done we also want laws and we want our laws uh, we want our laws enforced and uh this is this has to get done this has to get done. And you know what? Uh, when they shut down the government, well, you know what? How about all those uh, all those uh, people that work for the federal government and f- uh, federal agencies that aren't getting paid? You know what hap- has happened in the past when they do that? Then they start getting vouchers and Bank of America or Wells Fargo or Chase, the big banks start cashing them. And then they they put out the money so the individuals don't have to, uh, don't have to uh, go without during that time. And the government just pays off all the vouchers when it's as soon as we get refunded uh you know put it when we put the government back in uh back into business and i think i've seen it go like a few weeks in my lifetime um but it's never it's never the end of the world it never happens and this has to happen to make the changes just like with uh trump and his tariffs oh we're gonna have a trade war we're gonna have this gonna have that's gonna hurt some people guess what it was apparently was hurting some of the soybean farmers and he said hey we're gonna do 12 billion dollar uh uh relief for for the soybean farmers because we're not going back we have to make these changes or the world as we as our kids know it and our grandkids know it 20 years from now is going to be screwed and we're going to be, you know, we're going to have, uh, you know, China will not only become the uh, the dominant 
the dominant uh, economic power, but the dominant military power. And we have to do what we have to do because we're the only ones in the in the world we know are sane. So uh, let's continue. You know, uh, uh, Trump uh, Thursday had a rally, I think, in Kentucky. Uh, he was doing a rally to support uh, the governor that was uh, running for governor or the senator um, there, and he came up with uh, he came up with a uh, with a uh, solution for the wall thing. The Democrats, anything I want, and it's not even the Republicans. I don't know if they care about the Republicans. They care about me. They're very concerned. Anything I want, they want to oppose. You know, I just figured out how to do the wall. I'll say, I don't want to build a wall, and they'll insist on building it. I just figured that out right now. Yep, uh, I think uh, I'm surprised you didn't figure that out earlier. Hey, you know what? On the, on the same, same uh, course, uh, those of you guys that have daughters, uh, let me just tell you what I learned from my experience. Someone should have told me this. If you hate your daughter's boyfriend, start planning a wedding. <laughs> and that works. Uh, well, I don't know it's if it, like I don't reverse know if it works, psychology is what but I, I tried the I tried the straightforward approach because that's me, and I said, hey, you know that guy's a loser. You he you deserve better than that. He doesn't deserve you. He's not good enough for you. And uh, my daughter spent nine years trying to prove me wrong. Uh, <laughs> she eventually figured out, hey, dad was right, and uh, she got rid of him, and then found this guy and got married. So uh, so just so you know. Reverse psychology. Those of you guys that got teenage daughters, trust me, it'll it it can't be worse than than being the straight straightforward approach. But while we're talking about the wall and uh, and immigration, uh, there was an ICE official. Uh, an ICE official had to explain to a Democrat senator from Hawaii. Uh, wait for it. Illegal immigrants are breaking the law. Yep. The the cap, You know, on the, in a Capitol Hill Hill hearing on Tuesday, Senator Maisie Hirano, Democrat from Hawaii. Asked ICE official Matthew Albance if he would like to send his child to an immigration detention center, and then he schooled her on uh, how this thing works called law. Again, I think we're, we're we're missing the point. These individuals are there because they have broken a law. There has to be a process. They have broken a law only as deemed so by the president with his. No, ma'am. They're they're there for violation of Title Eight of the immigration of the U.S. and Nationality Act. Uh, okay, they're 8 U.S.C. 1325. That's illegal entry is both a criminal and civil violation. They are in those FRCs pending the outcome of that civil immigration process. They have broken the law. Well, these are mainly, my, my understanding is that uh, under zero tolerance, these are no longer civil, civil proceedings, but in fact, were criminal proceedings. They were both, so? they were criminal proceedings when the Border Patrol prosecuted them, but at the conclusion of that process, once the individual came into ICE custody, they would go through administrative proceedings. I'm confused. Apparently, she is confused. Uh, you know, why would coming over illegally be a civil, civil uh, issue, not a criminal issue? Yeah, that's that almost leaves me speechless. It's just really scary to know that we have people this stupid representing us, Ed. Yep, and there's a lot of them. Yep. So let's go to the next thing. So you know, this is how stupid things are. This is how stupid people are. You know, those of you in Torrance and Carson and Glint and uh, and Hawthorne and uh, Lawndale out there, you know what? What are you guys thinking? You guys keep reelecting Maxine Waters. Those of you in Burbank, you know, come on, you know, Adam Schiff, you couldn't find a guy with that's more dynamic and uh, somebody more uh, uh, intelligent than that. Come on. So let's continue. Uh, former New York City Mayor Rudy Giuliani, now president's lawyer, has been making uh, the rounds on TV again this week. 
he appeared on uh, multiple Fox News and CNN shows to defend the president against accusations made by his former lawyer, Michael Cohen. And, you know, a lot of people think, uh, a lot of people think, well, you know, he just, uh, he, he's going on there and just, he just dribbling out dumb stuff. And, you know, why is he saying this stuff? He's the president's lawyer. I think Trump and Giuliani plan this and say, this is what we want to get out. And this is, and there's a reason for it. I don't think I, I'm, I know Giuliani's a smart guy and I know Trump's a smart guy on Cohen, uh, on Cohen's claim that Trump knew about the 2016 Trump tower meeting between Don Jr. And his campaign leaders and the Russian attorney, Rudy said this, it's wild, crazy, and they're out of their minds. He did, he, he did not participate in any meeting about the Russia transaction. The other people at the meeting that he claims he had without the president about it say he was never there. Uh, and there are at least four separate witnesses who say that against a guy who's been kind of proven to be one of the biggest liars in America. I say, who you know, what if he was there and what if he knew about it? Who cares? It all boils down to this, Ed. Where's the crime? Where? Yeah. Where's, where's the crime, Ed? Yeah, the, the Democrats. I'm sure it'll come up at some point. Yeah, say, what did he do? Well, he <laughs> talked. He was talking to Russian people. Well, if someone says, hey, I got some stuff on your opponent, wouldn't you answer the phone? Wouldn't you? I would. And uh, whether he was there or not, I don't care. What well, You know, what's the problem? Uh, next, uh, the Dems are trying to block the uh, Brett Kavanaugh as Judge Kavanaugh moves closer to his Senate confirmation hearings. Democrats are continuing their efforts to block his nomination by demanding to see documents related to his past job as White House uh, staff secretary for George W. Bush. Reportedly, this would be more than a million pages of documents. You know what? Didn't they just confirm him a year ago to the appellate court? Didn't they go through all this stuff? Who's leading this fishing expedition? Naturally, it's minority leader Chuck crying Chuck Schumer. The Senate must have the records spanning Judge Kavanaugh's career as a public servant. What are they hiding? Why is there such a effort not to have the documents come forward when that has been the bipartisan precedent of this body. Um, you know, I think he's absolutely right. We need to see a million documents. And by the way, who's going to read all those documents, Ed? Nobody. Yeah. In addition to that, I think we need to get his high school transcripts and his grades. Let's even go back to elementary school, for God's sakes, Ed. Let's check his, let's check his Facebook and see if he had any high school girlfriends that are... Uh, yeah, they didn't have Facebook back then. Let's find out. Well, yeah. you know, who knows? Who knows? Yeah. So uh, Wednesday, I'm going to go through this fast because yep. we want to get to, uh, we got two more things to get through in three and a half minutes. On uh, Wednesday, 55 metal caskets arrived in Washington, D.C. from North Korea. The boxes are believed to contain the remains of American soldiers who died in the Korean War. Medical examiners who have viewed the remains confirm the remains appear to be American and at least one American dog tag was found. President Trump tweeted this on Wednesday. Thank you to Chairman Kim Jong-un for keeping your word and starting the process of sending home the remains of our great and beloved missing fa- missing fallen. I'm not at all surprised that you took this kind of action. Also, thank you for your nice letter. I look forward to seeing you soon. And you know what? Fox News covered this and almost nobody else. This is a big deal. And I, I, would, I would have a hard time believing anybody on either side of the political spectrum could think this is insignificant. And it also begs the question, why haven't past presidents been able to get this done? Exactly, and it's uh, and this what a patriotic thing our our uh, our fallen soldiers from the Korean War sixty five years ago. It's just a great patriotic thing, and you know these soldiers' kids and their families have you know I can imagine. Hey, you know you send send one of your family members off to war and you never see him again. You don't have that closure of saying, hey, we got to we got to uh, 
to bury this person and have a funeral and doing all that stuff. Um, this is huge. This is huge, and nobody covered it. So it's a, it's sad. And finally, here's something uh, that we wanted to play to talk about uh, in regards to the economy. We've been talking about playing this for a couple of weeks. Um, but the economy under Trump, uh, here's a monologue by Stuart, Far- Stuart Varney, who if, if you watch him on Fox, you know this guy is very intelligent. Uh, here's what he said on Fox Business. It's probably the most financial, the most remarkable financial story in a generation. It is just unfolding, but it's being ignored. It's certainly being overlooked. I'm talking about the return to prosperity, the return to strong economic growth, 4% growth, or perhaps even more. We haven't seen that in years. Prosperity is more than just statistics. It's a feeling. It is an atmosphere. The money is flowing, opportunities opening up, record number of people leaving their jobs and going for something better. There's optimism in the air. If you're in your 20s or early 30s, this is something you've not seen before. All you've known is slow growth and social division. Suddenly, Trump's in the White House talking up America, the economy's booming, and incomes are rising. Look at this. 42% feel better off now than in the Obama years. Only 26% say they're worse off. That is an extraordinary reversal. Remember Ronald Reagan? Are you better off now than you were four years ago? Mr. Trump could say that right now. So now the president's on his trip to Europe. He'll hold contentious meetings and he'll be met with insult after insult. The media will lap it up. They hate him just like they hate Judge Kavanaugh. You will hear very little about the extraordinary success of the Trump economic program. Oh, what a shame. What a media disgrace. Because prosperity is the glue that will bind America together again. And so far, that is President Trump's outstanding success. Amen to that. It's about the economy, stupid. Yep, exactly. Hey, uh, we're making America great again, folks. We're out of time for this uh, episode of the main event. Thanks for listening uh, to the main event. My name's Ed Hoffman, and that's Scott McAfee over there, and uh, we'll be back in with you next week. The content of this program is not intended to be legal advice. The views expressed are those of Ed Hoffman and his invited guests and do not necessarily reflect views or policies of Wholesale Capital Corporation. WCC is licensed by the California Bureau of Real Estate Broker License Number 01147747 and California Finance Lenders License Number 603K610. Also licensed in Arizona by the Arizona Department of Financial Institutions. MB Number 096199.